We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. We are in week two of DCOM December, and this week's Disney Channel original movie is the very tragically named Double Team. Author Sarah Hunt joined me. She was a great guest, and if you enjoy your appearance on this show, go buy both of her books. They're available on Amazon. They'll be linked in the show notes. I was really happy to have Sarah on the podcast. It was two people watching Double Teamed as adults for the first time, and uh, I think that made this this podcast episode really good, honestly. We didn't have any childhood nostalgia, any predispositions towards it, so uh, we had a lot of fun talking about this movie, and uh, yeah, you know, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and again, buy Sarah's books. Later this week, we've got a special episode dropping in honor of Texas high school football playoffs. We're doing some high school football movie talk with Wes Blankenship. You might know Wes from his viral Coffee Town videos going around social media. If you don't know what Coffee Town is, you know, just search that on Twitter. You'll find out about Wes real, you know, real soon. You'll know exactly when that episode drops if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you're following on social media, Twitter at big underscore screen sport or Instagram at Big Screen Sports Pod. If you're enjoying DCOM December, or if you're just enjoying this podcast in general and haven't yet, please tap the five-star rating button on Apple Podcasts, and if you so desire, leave a review. Let me know how we're doing. Uh, those ratings and reviews really help this podcast grow, so I'm truly appreciative. I will read all new reviews in each week's intro. A review is also a great way to let me know what movies you want covered. We're honestly pretty wide open for January suggestions, so holler if there's a movie that you really want broken down by this podcast. With that, it's time to talk Double Teamed with author Sarah Hunt. Okay, tonight I am joined by author and podcaster Sarah Hunt. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on this episode of DCOM December. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. I am... I am in, I am excited to talk about this movie. Of course, and so am I. But before we talk about the movie, uh, tell the listeners where they can find your about your books and where they can find them. Well, uh, as you have said, I wrote two books. They are called Small Potatoes, Mouthwatering Musings of a Misanthrope, and also uh, Le- uh, Small Potatoes, Leftover Beef from a Lovable Curmudgeon. Um, James, my husband, has always called me a foul-mouthed Martha Stewart, so my book is just really esoteric rants about the mundane, uh, mostly complaining about food. I have really hard opinions about things that just really do not matter. Um, like, So a lot of the stuff in the book is me upset and complaining that people ask you to bring a hot appetizer to a party. Um, and it's like, no, I'm bringing cold potato salad. Like, Do not make me bring cold green bean casserole and have that be my legacy for this party. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and don't make you lug the crock pot there either. That's what I'm saying. Don't make me, yeah, don't give me something to bring that I have to take care of for the night. No, thank you. So, yeah, yeah we're, you get we're it. actually, it's funny, we're recording this, um, that d- tomorrow I have my son's, like, Thanksgiving potluck at school. Oh. And one of the things you could have volunteered for is, like, to bring hot dishes. That sounds no. awful. 
No, because you have to travel with that. Nobody factors in traveling. Yeah, I've only, and then you end up with like half a half a dish of leftover stuff that you didn't really want to eat in the first place. Yeah, and it's not like you can take it home. It's been sitting out for forever, so it's not like you can take it home and then like, oh, great, this is going to be delicious now. No, it's disgusting. So and like no. fourteen kids have stuck their hands directly into it. It's just a nightmare for sure. It's it's a total nightmare, and I just wish that people never did it. I get it that people don't have good oven or stove space. That's uncontrollable. I understand. I'm bringing potato salad. It's going to be cold and. It's it's going to get to room temperature and everyone's going to be happy. Yeah. And potato salad is, is almost always good. It's really hard to fuck up potato salad. One thousand percent. Agreed. But uh, yeah, I, I volunteered to uh, to help set up to, to open chairs and, and move tables and stuff. I think that I think that was the move. It's more valuable of help than bringing a hot dish. I That's say. how I felt, too. Yeah, because nobody wants to open up chairs. So I think that you are doing you're doing the Lord's work, I really think. Th- that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Well, everyone, um, go check out Sarah's book. Sarah, where can oh, people yeah. follow you on social media? Um, you can buy my books on Amazon. Uh, I forgot to add that in there. Um, but they are on Amazon. So I guess somebody searched the words Sarah Potatoes, Sarah with an H. Um, and then on social media, on Twitter, you can find me at, at Sarah H is funny, S-A-R-A-H, H is funny. Same thing on Instagram. And don't add me on Facebook. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah if you no find one, me there, don't go there. <laughs> no, no one wants to go there. No, no, no. I have but, a lot of theories, but let's not do it. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, you are you're joining me tonight for uh, the second episode of DCOM December. We are doing the movie Double Teamed. It's a 2002 DCOM basketball movie based on the life stories of professional basketball players Heather and Heidi Bird. It starred Poppy Monroe as Heather and Annie McElwain as Heidi. And you and I, this is, I believe, a, a first-time viewing for both of us, correct? Correct. Yes, correct. I have so never seen we this are, movie. We are coming at this as adults seeing it for the first time there's no there's no childhood nostalgia or anything nope. for you so I, I have to ask you uh how big a, a disney channel original movie fan are you i mean you clearly haven't seen them all because you didn't see this one have you seen a few seen just one etc so i actually think that i might have been too cool uh for disney movies when the Disney Channel original movie, like, heyday was. Okay. Uh, I might have been not even, like, too cool because, I mean, I had a bowl cut at one point in my life, so I was never that cool. I mean, we all did. We all did. My mom will tell you it's a wedge, but it was a bowl cut. Um, No, so I think that I might have been, like, not, not too old, but I might have thought that I was too old. Does that make sense? So yes. I yes. actually didn't watch many of these movies. I don't think I've seen any of them. I might have seen, like, part of one when I was babysitting, but that's about it. Okay, perfect. Because we are kind of in the same boat. I've seen a couple. Uh, like Brink was a was a big one in my childhood. Covered that last week. Oh, um, Johnny Tsunami. I'd seen a few times, and that's what we're covering next week. But other than that, it was like bits and pieces. Maybe I was yeah. never. I I mean, admittedly, was not a huge Disney Channel guy. So it is no. It's an interesting experience for me watching a couple of these for the first time and really looking at them. From an adult, I seeing Br- watching this one was different than watching Brink because I had the memory of watching Brink at right. age like fourteen or thirteen, whenever, even younger. Actually, I came out in ninety eight. So, but um, yeah, so it's different. So for you, uh, with with that point of view, not being a, a really a decom lifer, would you say this is a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer decom movie? <sighs> that's a tough that's a tough decision to make because I think if I'm being honest with you, I think it's all of them wrapped in one. <laughs> okay. That, okay. I, I just, e- explain it, the take. Okay, so my take is based on a couple of things. One, it has the Disney Channel cheesiness. It has that and it's just oh, ooey, yeah. it's ooey gooey cheesy and I love it. It's got it. that in spades. Uh yeah, it's got that in spades. And then so I think that it's an all star in that regard. Um, I think that it is a bench warmer because the plot was odd and disconnected and not really there. So I think that it's also a bench warmer. And yeah, I just think that all of that all of what you just described, it's all of those things in one. That's it's a wonderful movie and I'll never watch it again. <laughs> yeah, it's um <laughs> I comparing it to Brink, which has a lot of like the Disney Channel cheesiness and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but is still I don't think I'll ever watch this one again. No. Uh, I think it is, for in terms of a DCOM movie, it was not unwatchable. I'll say that. So in terms of a DCOM movie, I think it's a starter just because it wasn't like 
unwatchable. I didn't have the urge to turn it off. I right. one of my one of my past guests made a made a really good quote about a movie that I think applies to a lot of movies and it was something I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it was like I it wasn't good but I was never not entertained. And yeah. I think that's and think that's how this move one kind of stacks up. Yes, yeah, that's that's I will agree with that sentiment one thousand percent. I it was I watched it twice to make sure that I you know got everything. Because, oh, I appreciate the dedication. You know, it you got to do it twice. You got to watch it twice because the first one is just a complete like senses fuck because you're like, what's happening? here <laughs> what happened to, to me a lot and of questions then, yeah I had a lot of questions and then I watched it again and it felt like a couple of things clicked into place so that was good but it was also like okay twice was good and I'll never watch it again <laughs> well I've got an important question for you before we really get going all right bring it. um especially looking at this movie as an adult the name double teamed right uh not great no N- not what you want not what you're looking for what do you think they should have named this movie besides Double Team? Do you have anything better than Double Teamed? Okay. So I remember when you first gave me a, an option like of which movie, and I was like, Jesus, Double Teamed? What is that one? <laughs> Do you and think I, you're going to have to find that one on Brazzers? I had no idea. I knew that it was going to be a Disney Channel movie, so I it couldn't have been that. But I was just like, I just don't even know what this could be. What is Double Teamed? Um I don't I I spent a lot of time thinking about what the title should have been and I'm not sure because it makes sense cuz they we'll talk about it later but they do allude to double teamed as a practice later on in the movie so I guess it's aptly named They do. But, they do. But also I just I feel like it should just be called this is how anxiety and helicopter parenting is formed. <laughs> like a really long title, like Don't Be a Menace to the South Central, like a long yeah. title like that. Yeah, yeah, just like I was just so sad for both of these girls, uh, mostly Heather, but I just, I as an, as an adult woman, I just was like, oh, baby, what's wrong with you? Yeah, we're going to have a, I, I've got a lot of things to say about the dad, oh, about, yeah. uh, about Larry Burge. Oh yes. Um, there's, but yeah, I'm not a titles guy. I think back when I was freelance writing a lot, my editor would almost always change my title. Almost always had something bad. But I mean, even like naming this Heidi and Heather or just twins playing basketball would have aged better than double teamed. Yes, yeah. Tw- uh, double teamed was it was it was a close the cardigan and clutch my pearls type of moment for me. I was like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah the yeah not not the best uh not the best name but we will we will roll through it regardless. There's not a lot of trivia for this one. Um they didn't actually play in the WNBA against each other. They weren't in the WNBA at the same time. Oh, upsetting. Um, yeah, kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. Uh and then per an article on BuzzFeed that I found about 15 minutes ago, uh Poppy who played Heather is now ne- neither of them are acting anymore, I believe, no. uh, actively. Poppy is now a wine connoisseur. Okay. And per Martha Stewart, the the non foul mouth Martha Stewart, mm-hmm. uh, Annie is one of the top wedding photographers in the country. Hey, there we go. I know. Good for her. Good. I for know. Her. I found them on Instagram because I know that it was so funny because like I had I know I have seen this title of this movie and I've I've seen the poster for it, but I've never actually like heard any buzz about it. And then all of a sudden, like since the Disney Plus came out, then they're like, oh, follow Poppy. Uh, I don't remember what her name is, but follow Poppy and follow Annie on whatever. But your fun fact should be that these broads are not twins. They are not. And so let's um, <laughs> let's talk about the elephant in the room. How, how much do you think they look, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you think they looked like twins? Okay, so for me, I was okay. It was the suspension of disbelief that they were twins because there are such things as fraternal twins. So I was like, okay, they sort of look alike. Kind of, but like it was really only because they had the same hairstyle, and I guess they had the same like nose and like smile lines. Otherwise, mm-hmm. so I guess I'd say like maybe like a four. 
What's your yeah, what's they, your number on that? They match the height, so yeah. they don't look as alike as the real life sisters do. Um, the real life yeah. sisters aren't identical. I went and looked. They look more like twins than a pair of fraternal twins that I graduated from high school with, which is like yeah. for me is like the bar of twins who don't look alike. They were like yeah. a one on that scale. I would put them at like a five or a six. Like they match okay. the hair and the height and stuff, but. It is something I think when I when I brought up to listeners that I was going to do this movie, a bunch of people reached out. were like, you need to talk about how the twins don't look alike. And I mean, they don't. There's there's some definite differences. But it once you, like you said, suspend that disbelief, you, you can kind of get over it. Yeah, because like, I, yeah, you you do get over it because they're both. You're just amazed that you found two people, two girls that were the exact same height and had that same blonde hair and kind of sounded similar because they did sound very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, they, they they kept on like similar cadences and stuff. And yeah. I, I thought like, I think you can get over it. Like, it's not as egregious as you might think. And they both really did a good job at acting like they were each other's siblings. Because I have a sister, and my sister is two years older than me. And, I mean, we have the exact same birthday, but we're two years apart. And I had that just, like, I'm going to kill you type of thing. <laughs> yeah, you have to have that. I have, a, I have a brother who's three years younger, and I think yeah. we spent, like, 15 years just beating each other. <laughs> yeah, you're just, so you do, you do have that. They were really good siblings, so I was like, all right. So I think that that was another thing that... I, I kind of just didn't care that they weren't exact twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's roll into best scene. I'm going to list off a couple nominees. If I if I missed any of your favorites, which I'm sure you had a lot of favorites. Uh, uh, the, whole, the whole movie. Just yeah, <laughs> start uh, to finish. <laughs> Uh, the Heather's, um, her first block in basketball practice, like that was like a bit, that's when the coach realizes like, oh my God, she's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, the red black scrimmage game. That uh, that like preseason thing where the girls are just like trading off buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basketball game that Heidi makes the winning shot in. The scene where they invite Nikki over for dinner because she's got an absentee dad. And then uh, the final game, which is like the cop out for every sports movie. It's always like the last game is a big scene. But there's that. I, nothing in this movie really like nothing else for me like stood out as like, ah, oh, the scene was really good. There's like the scene where she's playing basketball with her dad. But there, there wasn't a whole lot where I was like, oh, I got to write that down. Did I miss any of your favorites? Did you? I, I, I don't know if maybe you just forgot about it because of how amazing it is the party at Nikki's house where oh people my God. are drinking Perrier and eating vegetable crudite that was my favorite that, okay that, that's fair that was the that was a very party that was that was very strange very strange have, scene over there I would have 1000% gone to that party though because vegetable crudite and like snacks that's awesome yeah All it wasn't party. often that you went to a high school party that was catered in such, yeah. a fa- in such a fashion. And, like indoor pool and like everybody gets like their own Perrier and it was just like all the parties that, you know, I saw on MySpace when I was in high school were just gross looking. Like I, <laughs> I didn't want to go to those. Yeah, I mean, there was like half a water bottle and like weed being smoked out of mm-hmm. an, like an old Gatorade bottle. Yep, Back exactly. When Gatorade had the hard plastic that you could make oh, a, yeah. uh, make a bong out of. Yeah, so but I would say so that's not really my favorite scene. I guess I really liked the scene um I guess it's a tie for me between the scene of the dad playing basketball with the do- with um with the daughters and then also the end basketball scene. I mean just cuz it's the culmination of whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like in, in sports movies, even in DCOM, it's kind of like the cop out. You yeah. know, it, they put the most effort into it. There's the most action. There's, yeah. you know, everything, everything comes to a, uh, you know, whatever. It, yeah, yeah I, I think it's probably and they have the the dramatic stuff with the uh, her injury coming back to uh, coming back to play, which I, I've got some I've got some notes about that. I've got some thoughts. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and then we will get back with those thoughts. Big Screen Sports is presented by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction? Not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we just avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm not feeling it. Or, I just had to watch the Cowboys lose. There's no way I'm in the mood. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. 
With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Whole process is straightforward, simple, and most importantly, it's discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with the doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Now back to the podcast. Okay, for the the most authentic and least authentic parts of this movie, uh, in a, in a normal episode, we usually keep it you know pretty sports specific. With with decom, it's kind of hard to do that uh, at points. What was just in general the most authentic thing about this movie to you? Uh, what felt the most authentic to me was. Okay, so like I said, the sibling ship between the two girls, even though they weren't sibling, it's it seemed very authentic to me. But also Heather's desire to do well in sports felt very authentic to me. Yeah, I they they did a good job giving her that drive and kind yeah. of they did a good job of differentiating between the sisters, I thought. Yes, that they are that they are both, you know, two unique people. Um so I felt like Heather's and Heidi's characters were very well fleshed out and that they, I mean, <clears throat> whatever you want to say about fleshed out, uh, it wasn't, that's still a cheesy movie, but I thought that those girls really did a good job at portraying somebody who wants to be good at something and please their parents. So I thought that that was very authentic. Yeah, I think so too. I think that that's pretty much what I had written down is that they gave the girls realistic personalities. Um, they didn't make them like weird, like alpha twins. Yeah. Um, and they weren't like goody two shoe. I mean, they're goody two shoes, but they weren't cause usually those kids are just like so goody two shoes, you know? And you're just like, mm-hmm. ugh, so boring. They had like Disney channel edge. Yeah. Disney channel edge, which I will say that Disney channel edge is always that the parents are dumb and that the kids are smarter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like the parents, they're. You know, like when they're the two girls are fighting over who who has to change, and the mom and dad are just kind of like you can tell that they're just surviving, and it's like no, like that's not how parents are. Parents are they would be like, okay, you guys need to shut up. <laughs> you're gonna wear that outfit, and you're gonna wear that outfit, and you're fine. So yeah, they would be the dominant forces in the household because that's just how things go. Yeah, yeah. Like my mom, if I was fighting with my sister about that, my mom would be like, now you're both changing and you're both going to wear a different outfit. And I don't give a shit who wears what and get in the fucking car and let's go. <laughs> like it would never be a, it would never be me being like, mom, tell her she has to change. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for least authentic, what did you have? I feel like there's, uh, there's a lot to pull from. Least authentic. Um, I thought that that basketball coach was at nowhere near what a high school basketball coach would, should, or is, or anything like that. I just thought that Thank he was. Thank you. He, I thought it was terrible. I was he like, he was the no. low point of the movie. Uh, yeah, lowest point. He was. It was awful. I mean, even Nikki's like cheesy villainess, like you know, personality, whatever. That coach was just awful. I just no, no thanks. He was. He was not the right like that. That high school, which was a powerhouse. They in real life they won state with the with the Bird sisters. Like that that rich high school would have had a much better basketball coach. I do a thing on this podcast, especially in movies with high school coaches. Uh, the brick wall test. Would I run through a brick wall no. for that guy? Like some, you know, some examples like Herman Boone from Remember the Titans. Like, yeah, I'd yep. run through a brick wall for that guy. Yep. This guy, like, I wouldn't run through like a foam pit. No, I wouldn't run through a. a I wouldn't run through a foam pit for that man at all. He just the calls that he made was just weird. Uh, the fact that he was like, I don't know, just everything from him meeting Heather and like, whoa, Mama, how tall are you? She's as tall as you are. So you know, you're fine. Like that's also, you can't say you. that you can't say that to a high school girl. You can't say, "Whoa, mama, how tall are you?" The first thing you say to a high school girl. No, I don't think that that's what he actually said. I think I might be 
he, well, he some, said something like he said something you. like it was very like gawking about her physical stature and everybody not, like, was doing that in this movie as if it's not. I didn't understand that. They all they the girls acted like they were such freaks of nature, and I was like, okay, I'm five foot one. All right, I have dark hair, and. I, I, you always aspire to be the tall blonde chick, the tall lanky blonde chick, and I'm like, these girls are reasonably pretty as well. You're telling me that everybody's like, whoa, freak of nature? Hell no! They're like, I want to climb that like a tree. They're so hot and blonde and tall and like, oh my god! So I was just the whole that was another inauthentic moment for me as I was like, no one's calling those girls freaks of nature unless they're hideous. <laughs> The back to the coach. The coach is just he's like Captain Obvious. He just yeah. pass the ball. You need to pass. She's open. Pass. Yep. Like he had nothing. You need they, to play like They a team. definitely gave the guy a script and were just like, "Hey, be what you think a basketball coach would be, but you've never seen yeah. basketball." He was. He was. That's exactly what it is. It seemed to me like he was a very throwaway part. Like obviously, the girls' high school coach didn't have much. Of an influence, like the the Bird sisters didn't have much of an influence, uh, you know, by their coach. Otherwise, I feel like that guy would have been a much more important character in the movie. Yeah, he was essentially just a cardboard cutout. Yeah, he just was kind of just there because they can't coach themselves, and they—I mean—they pretty much had to coach themselves. But he sucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to announce what I put for worst on-screen athlete, I, I will sometimes name that a coach, and he was my worst on-screen athlete because he yeah. was as far from what a what a high school basketball coach. It was a real insult to high school basketball coaches. He also should have been fired for putting in an injured player. Agreed. Yep, I thought that. I thought that too. I no. The, at the end, when they were like, "Okay, cool, put the injured player in," I was like, "Nope, that's a bad idea." Yeah, that, that not a good call. That no. that's not what you're looking for. You're not wanting to put the girl who was just on crutches and had to crutch her ass to the locker room to change. That's yeah, just not. If, that's yeah, not what's going on. Especially if you're like, this is our star player, and blah blah blah. You want her to rest and be, you know, healthy and whatever for any other future games. You're not going to be like, yeah, great, go ahead, risk it, go in there, see if it, you might hurt yourself worse. It was just very irresponsible. Really tough look for uh, Coach Yoshida, I believe. Yes, and I mean, he did have sort of a personality, and he kind of carried along with that Disney edge where he was just kind of like the clueless adult and the the kids kind of rule the roost. So, I I mean, I get why they put him in there, but it was just, ugh, piss poor. He does have one of my favorite cheesy moments, which we will get to uh, down the road. But let's let's go to what worked about this movie, what you enjoy about this movie, anything sports-specific, or just in general for you, what worked for this one. Okay, so it's hard to pinpoint what worked because... It is. If, I don't have a lot written down. If you, if you look at this movie holistically, the movie... The the basketball season does not make sense. There is no drama for like I don't care if they win. Uh, it doesn't. They don't seem to have any hardships. Um, Heather and Heidi just become kind of good at basketball. Uh, the season doesn't make sense. I don't get. I don't get any drama. I don't care if they win or lose. I'm not. I'm not inspired by this movie. So, but what works is. Um, I'm really proud of the mom because the mom is apparently, um, oh, the mom is in the papas, I think. I think she is the daughter of the, like the one, the lead singer of the mamas and the papas. Yeah. Mackenzie Phillips. Yeah. Mackenzie Phillips. She is the daughter of the lead singer of the mamas and the papas. And I think that that woman had a very hard life. So I, I was happy to see that she was doing was in a Disney movie and she doesn't seem to be I mean she was arrested for having cocaine um in an 80s show or a 70s show but that's fine cuz she's doing okay now and she's in a Disney movie. <laughs> well, I I that answers a question I had for you. Were you into trashy VH1 reality shows in yes. like the late aughts? Because I, so was I, and she was on a season of Celebrity Rehab, which it took me a while, but I was like, I recognize her from somewhere, yep. and it was Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew, which I am pure trash, and I watched oh, yeah. that show a lot. Yeah, I, I love trash reality TV shows. I was on, um, one of my favorites was I was on the Rewind the Love pod uh, where they discuss... 
I love New York and flavor. Oh, all timers, all timers. They are good. I love New York. So I also love celebrity rehab. It's very fun. But yes, Mackenzie Phillips had a very hard life. I believe that uh, her father uh, raped her several times. So I think that came up in uh, that is a in uh, celebrity celebrity rehab. I am proud of her performance in this movie, and I hope she is doing great, Mackenzie Phillips. I'm rooting for you. So that. That worked for me. I just thought that the sister dynamic worked pretty well. And I guess just like the movie being relatively short worked. That that it, is a that is a plus, especially when you're doing a sports movie podcast and you're rewatching yeah. one to two sports movies every single week. Yeah. And uh, it, it really helps when a movie is short. A short runtime is nice. I also have very good Mackenzie Phillips news. She currently, per Wikipedia, currently works at the Breathe Life Healing Center in West Hollywood as a drug rehab counselor. And Love in it. 2018, she appeared in multiple episodes of Orange is the New Black. Oh. Good on Mackenzie Phillips. Very proud of you, Mama. You're killing it. That's yeah. that makes me really happy to hear because I was worried for her. But uh, yes, I do understand the runtime. If it's ninety minutes, that is as much as I'm willing to invest in a, a crap movie. Um, as like you know, with James, my husband, we did that. P.S. I hate this movie podcast where we watch rom coms. It was tw- ninety minutes. Is it's a great. That's a great length of time for a movie. <laughs> And mini mid-episode plug, but you guys haven't done that podcast in a while, but I was listening to an episode today. I listened to your 50 First Dates episode. Oh. The podcast is really good. If any of you guys want to go back and, and listen to it, it's P.S. I Hate This Movie. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's really good. So, Thank you. That's nice. Yeah. Um, we have... Uh, so Small Town Murder and P- and Crime and Sports are James's other podcasts. Those ones, unfortunately, have taken over our entire lives. So if you like sports and true crime or if you like true crime and comedy, please give those a shot. Um, but yeah, P.S. I Hate This Movie was fun. Um, I, I love the Grease episode. So if you're going to start it, just do the Grease one. I, I love Grease. So yeah, I, it's I, a great movie. I'm, That's another one of those movies where you watch it when you're an adult and you're like, what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, I'm glad I saw that as a, actually I'm not, I'm not glad. So Greece is where we have just gone off on a tangent, but I want to say tangent. like Greece is where I thought like I grew, it was the first time I saw smoking and I was like, smoking is awesome. Look yeah. at those guys. They They're look cool. so cool. Yeah. Well, they are cool. Yeah. Like Danny Zuko and Kaniki look so cool. Just ripping heaters and like seven year old me was like, oh my God, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah well you know i i thought that rizzo was awesome so i i get it and then you're just like oh wow rizzo is a total whore and that's fine good for you rizzo way to be be yourself this Ooh. movie could have used a little rizzo though they needed like some, I some agree. badassery in this movie i thought that nikki would be the rizzo but nikki was not the rizzo they they gave her uh, one thing that worked for this movie though was nikki's sweet driver that yeah. sweet man who yeah. was always yes. there for her. He need, he needed more him. of like more appreciation. Yeah, and he should have been invited to the dinner at the Burgess house for Christmas as well. He has to put up with some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I will say it was realistic for the the super rich guy to uh, never be around. Yeah, they they definitely played a a a pretty common stereotype there. Yeah, um, the movie also had a lot of diversity in the teams they played, which like it was yeah. two thousand two, like good on them. Yeah, that actually was that. Now that you mention it, I didn't write it down, but yeah, I, I, as I'm playing it back in my head, it really did a great job, even mm-hmm. with the coaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a you know for two thousand two, it was a fairly diverse movie. Yeah, um, that was great. The basketball scenes, aside from from one that we'll really talk about actually kind of looked good. Like it looked like all the extras could play. It didn't really, yeah. except for that weird shuffle move that I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, it really didn't take away from the movie, which is all you can ask for, for a Disney channel movie. You mean the Muhammad Ali thing? That yes. The Muhammad, Al- yeah. yeah. The Muhammad Ali thing. Oh my God. Um, I actually on Poppy's Instagram, I saw on her Instagram story, she was saying that Annie actually had some pretty decent basketball skills. Because oh. she said she didn't have any. And I, I wish that I had screenshot it so that I could reference it. But yeah, apparently she, like, apparently Annie was, Heidi was very good at basketball. I guess I should have done more of an Instagram deep dive. I think that's that's well, bad on me. I'm a millennial woman, so it's kind of par for the course for me to look for people on Instagram. So I don't know. 
Yeah, fair enough. Fair you enough. You have to just tap into your millennial female feminine energy and then you know you'll just start going on Instagram. I need to, for future episodes, I will tap in hard to my millennial female energy and, and do some Instagram stalking. I love that. Did you have anything else written down for what worked before we we move on to the more fun stuff? No, let's move on to the fun stuff. Let's okay. get into it. I do want to say I I written down I wrote down on the run sheet best fit. I didn't as I was watching the movie, I realized I watched it and I didn't really pick out anything except for their dad, Larry Burge, was the perfect classic early 2000s dad move of assless yep. jeans and a flat collared polo, like a polo that yeah. had been run through the wash 14 million times. Yep. That That's all I had for best fit. But let's get to what didn't work. Okay, bring it on. Let's yeah, get- hit, hit me with your favorites because there's a lot. There is a lot. So what didn't work? Um, what didn't work is that the, oh God, everything. Um, the high school that they went to, it just seemed way too like beach, whatever, like everybody's having a great time and everybody drives a Porsche and, you know, like all this stuff. And that to me just kind of took me out of it. Uh, Also the drama club. I didn't like that that girl was just like, oh, cool. So that you can hang stuff. And I didn't like that they kept typecasting Heidi and Heidi was just accepting that she's going to be the Tin Man because she's the only one that can fit in the costume. I was like, no, if you want to be somebody else, you can be somebody else. If you want to be in the drama club, don't be in the drama club just because you're tall and you can fit into some of the costumes. So that didn't work for me. Um, I don't know. I could I could really go on and on. The party with the vegetable crudite, it didn't work, but it did work because that's a preferable party choice for me. <laughs> Um, I think the biggest faux pas is the hero of the movie being a man mansplaining basketball, mansplaining the the concept of team basketball, that dude Galen. I, yes. That, that was a tough one. Uh, I hated him so much. And like... I didn't understand the importance of him because, like, it's not like the girls had to aspire to be him. Like, there was a moment where hi, uh, you you thought that Heather had a crush on him, and then, but it was also like I just didn't know where he came from and what his purpose was in this movie, and it was just like, ugh, who needs him? Yeah, they literally put him there to be like, that's the best player on the boys' team. He's going to come mansplain basketball to you because he understands basketball better because he's a boy. Guess what? The Burge sisters played in the WNBA, and Galen flipped burgers at In-N-Out for all we know. Yeah. Like, they didn't need his ass. Yeah, we didn't see anything in the, in the end credits that says, like, you know, and Galen also did anything great. I don't even know who Galen is, so, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, one of the things that was just really unrealistic is – a team with two six five twins who would go on to play for Team USA and the University of Virginia and in the WNBA wouldn't have struggled at all, even if they weren't playing good team basketball. They would have kicked the shit out of everyone, were which they, they did in real life. Were they six five? They were six five. In real oh life, God. they were six five. Wow. I didn't I don't know why I didn't look that up. I thought that they might have been like six six foot or something. Wow. No, yeah, in uh, yeah, I went and looked. Yeah, they're both six five. So I don't think in the movie they were six. They didn't. They didn't look six five. No, they did not look six five. That makes much more sense of why people would think that they were freaks of nature. Because if they're six foot five and they're in high school and they're like, because then the other thing, what the other thing that's also not realistic is um, that you know that didn't work is um, the at the beginning during the volleyball scene that one random dad that you didn't know whose kid his was. And he's just like, yeah, you got to look out for scouts, man. You got to look out for scouts. And then told like Mr. Burge and uh, just the worst. A lot of this movie didn't work is what I'm trying to say. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that guy was just a grown man hanging around freshman year volleyball games. That is actually what I wrote down. Cause I'm like, okay. So he's like, well, that's what they did with my kid. And then it's like, all right, well, where is your kid? Why are you here? So let's get into Larry Burge then, their, okay, their dad. Larry Burge, is a, he's a tough hang for most of yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he gets that, that guy puts the, the thing about scouts in his ear and just Larry Burge just runs with it. But he is never on the level with his daughters at all about anything. Like he forces the girl to play bat, like signs her up for the team without her yep. knowledge. Like, come on, man. Yeah, he is. 
He is truly, truly trash. Um, so, I mean, I get it that he's like worried about his daughter's future and everything like that, but there was a different way to portray him because in this movie, it just in this representation of what their dad would look like, I would be, if I was the real Larry Burge, unless I'm actually worse than this dad, um, I would be truly embarrassed that this is how I'm being portrayed because he was like, no, you guys have to be in volleyball. You guys have to be in volleyball. And um, the fact that he... It just seemed like he was gaslighting everybody, including Mackenzie Phillips. He's like, well, you know, I, d- I could have had my own law firm, but we decided to, you know, struggle and be more present with the kids. And then he's just like, you're going to a different high school and we're going to move to an apartment as opposed to having a house because you guys need to go to this high school so that you can get scouted by, you know, it was just gross. He was toxic and disgusting. And I get the I get that different area codes or different zip codes have different uh, real estate values. Like I get that they might not have been able to get the equivalent of their nice looking suburban home at their old high school in the same school school district that their new school was in. But mm-hmm. they went from nice, you know, pretty nice home in a nice neighborhood to complete shitbox. I don't think Larry knows how to navigate the real estate market, but he also just tried to straight up con the school by enrolling them in there and not moving at first. Like, that's illegal. They would be declared ineligible. But all all he had to do was just be like, don't punish my kids because I thought that I could get away with something. And then the principal's like, yeah, you're right. No, change your address. Like, you know, like make up a thing. I've seen, I know people who did that, that they like rented an apartment and they had somebody rent it from them. And they just like use that as their address for the kid to go to the, uh, the better school. Yeah, I mean, the real plot in this movie is the Burge sisters committing like a high school. I don't I don't know what the governing body for California high school sports is, but the Burge sisters committed a violation in this movie. Absolutely. And also, I'd like to ask you this. So they went to a Christian school as their first high school, and you'd think that that would be a much better place to hone your skills and that that would be a more competitive market for like people because a a public school seems like it wouldn't be that great of a place to go for sports yeah you think about all those elite prep schools and where the basketball players go they go to these private schools that can hire a basketball only coach who doesn't have to teach because clearly like i don't know what the coach in this in uh at, at their school taught at palos verdes taught but I can't imagine he was much better at teaching than he was at coaching basketball. But yeah, no. it seems like the school that they were at, the private Christian school, is probably better. And the guy like, oh, they're never going to get scouts. They're like, they're six five twins. The scouts are going to come to them. They're they're going to find out about yeah. That's that was the thing that I took issue with almost immediately. Is I was like, they're both you know super tall and they're both like uh, super athletic and. Why wouldn't people go find them? Because they'd be like, oh, my God, there's these two blonde giants who play sports. I want to go find them. How believable did you find their initial struggles in basketball? Because, like, clearly they were they were already athletic. They were recruited to the school to play volleyball. Like, they were right. already they were already athletic. And it just – they make it seem like they're having these struggles with basketball. Like, little Nikki is just, is just punking them on the court. I think they would have dominated right away. I don't think that would have been any issue. But here's the thing. I don't even think that they struggled um, because immediately they're swishing. The only time that Heidi misses is at that at that one game where she misses the first three free throw. Okay, that's a fair point. I am it's like immediately like I was like, you'd think that they would need to get used to because a basketball is difficult because you have to figure out what angle to you know, that you have to shoot at to, you know, get in the basket and all this stuff. And they're just like amazing at it immediately. And also, Heather really loved volleyball. And she's just like, yeah, cool, volleyball, schmollyball. I play basketball now. Like, she doesn't even like, oh, well, we have to hurry up and wrap up the season because I start volleyball soon. Like, there was, it was just like volleyball. Who, who is she? Yeah, Who's you volleyball? think the volleyball coach would have been like, hey, what the hell, man? Yeah, you I came we- here to play for me. Yeah, where the, where the hell are you? And now she's got to be on basketball. And like there there was like I said, there was no conflict with that. There was no there was tons of internal conflict for Heather, but none of it had anything to do with the fact because her passion is volleyball. And she's like, Dad, I was thinking about going out for basketball. And he's like, Great. He wasn't like, No, you have to do volleyball. He was just like, Awesome, you should do basketball. 
Yeah, we uh, another questionable decision by Larry Bird. He just was not focused. No, just did not did not have his eye on the ball like he should have. No, uh, we almost forgot. At least I, I almost forgot to mention one of the worst things that the coach does. Which I mean, there's there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. but in that red black scrimmage where they're just they're portraying it as Heidi versus Heather, and they're just scoring all the baskets, shooting all the shots. Nikki pull Nikki gets an open shot. Pulls up, drains it, and the coach pulls her out of a scrimmage for not passing. Yeah. Tough, tough look. It's a scrimmage for one, and she drained the shot and, like, let someone else shoot, guy. Yeah. 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 A lot, you don't a lot have of to... tough basketball strategy in this movie. He was a terrible coach, and James wanted me to make sure that I emphasized how terrible of a coach he was because he watched it with me the second time, and he was just like, This coach is garbage. I don't, he's like, You need to make sure that you discuss what an asshole this coach was. So, yeah, I think that's kind of putting a bow on the what didn't work section. Yeah. He was the worst part of the movie by Absolutely. far. Um, I want to jump to the, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. I, I I wrote down three because there's only really three supporting characters that have a lot of meat, like characters that are not the sisters that actually have a lot of lines. There's Teal Redman as Nikki. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Nick Searcy as Larry Burge, who is uh, the classic bad sports dad. Uh, he was also Brian Lewis in Head of State, the, the Chris Rock movie where he becomes the first black president, which I love dearly. Uh, he's actually funny in that. He is not in this. And then our girl Mackenzie Phillips as, uh, as Mary Burge. So I'm going to say Mary Burge is a really great supporting character because ever since Larry is like, uh, oh my God, Larry and Mary, gross. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I didn't put that together until right now. Um, Mary was, she was always the voice of reason. So when the dad's like, well, we're going to a different high school because this is what's good for you and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you need to go talk to your daughters and you need to stop. You've been a great coach and you've been a great whatever, but you need to be a great dad. Like you need, you know what I mean? Like she was always trying to put the dad in check of, you know, she was, she just felt like she was always trying to keep everybody in check and keep everybody grounded when Heidi was having a tough game, she would go hug Heidi. And when Heather was upset, she would go. Like, she just knew who needed her and what they needed from her. And I just, I thought she was an angel. The girls had shitty dumb dad on one end. They mm-hmm. had dumbass coach on the other end. And uh, of the other end. And then they had, yes, yeah, sweet angel mom right in the middle. The only sane voice that they yep. were hearing the entire movie. I, yeah, I think she's easily the pick. She was great. Yeah. Again, T's and P's to to Mackenzie Phillips. All the best to you. You you crush it in this movie. Yeah, she's truly a beacon of light in this movie. Um, she just she played a really good role of somebody's mom, um, and also like a good sports mom where she understood and she really encouraged the girls to be into what they were like. When Heidi was like, "I'm going to go out for drama," she's like, "That sounds great, honey. I love that." And I really think that Heidi, the character of Heidi, probably got her spirit from her mother because you know he's like, well. Uh, Larry was uh, at the dinner table and he's like, well, when she's a famous basketball player, what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm going to be at the Oscars thanking everybody but you. And I was like, yes, Heidi. Yes. That's Love the that right bird. attitude to have. Right attitude to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get to my favorite category for this, for the DCOM December. Uh, n- normally this category is the big chill. It's the moment in every sports movie that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up like Roy Hobbs knocking out the lights in the natural. This is DCOM, so it's the big cheese, cheesiest moment in the movie. I have four nominees. You let me know if I missed anything. Okay. Uh, the driveway basketball scene when fucking Larry says, who's your daddy? Which just, Gross. just stop. Just full stop. Awful. Uh, when the the game, when Larry's ta- Larry comes to talk to the coach on the bench and the coach says, Heidi has the hot hand and you've got a hot head. Like, stop. Oh, yeah. Who wrote that line? Get out of, get out of cinema. Yep. Uh, Mm -hmm. the Galen and Heather one-on-one where she is, uh, crying with the emotional music. Like she's like, no play. And he's like, Hey lady, you're, you're going a little crazy on me. Like you need to stop. Uh, that was very cheesy. And then Heather crushing her ass to the locker room, changing, coming in hurt, and then doing the Ollie shuffle on the three point line for the game winning basket. I'm going to say that that probably wins the cheese. That probably wins the cheese line for that me. That definitely takes the cake, I think. 
Um, only because it was, it was a big eye roll moment for me where I could have understood because, okay, that also introduces the double teamed part where they mention that at the end. You would think by the title called Double Teamed, where there's two blonde giants who are playing basketball, that they would be double teaming everybody, right? Because that they would just be fucking crushing everyone and embarrassing everyone and like, oh, you thought you were good at basketball, but you're not. But it actually is that they, they were double teaming Heidi at the end when Heather was injured because of her own hubris. And... Uh, and it was because people on the other team were double teaming uh, Heidi. Mm-hmm. I mean, it so is it was a big uh, cheese moment there. Yeah, too. it's like they think it's going to hit really hard and be really no. emotional, and it's just not. As soon as they go to the slow mo and she starts doing that shuffle on her bum ass ankle, oh yeah, it's like I I would love to see just an alternate scene where she's doing that shuffle and a kid on the other team just swipes the ball from her, lays it in, they win the title, oh. and 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 they learn a lesson. I just thought of another cheesy moment. The yes, moment where where the coach is like, "Well, I don't know. I guess I should just decline that invitation." And all the girls are like, "To what? What invitation?" <laughs> uh, to New York. I mean, you guys can't play like a team. And they're like, "We could play like a team." And it was just so annoying that scene. It would have been great if the girls were like, "Yeah, fucking decline it. I dare you. I dare you to decline <laughs> that. I'm sure you don't want to go to New York at all, dude." No, we don't want to go to New York. That's disgusting. But no, it was just so weird that they were it was they were just like, all right, great. But then they became street performers for they were like cleaning people's boats and then they were a street performer. Yeah, I need like, a, I have a lot of questions about what they were doing while they were in what, to get like to get the money. Like was there no better way to fundraise than than, they could have do done that. a car wash. Yeah. I mean, so I guess it was like 1985, right? Because I didn't realize that it took place in the 80s until my second watch. Um, so it was like 1985. So, But I was like, there's still car washes available. You could still mow somebody's lawn. Uh, maybe they could do like some cheesy tall people thing where it's like they help people trim their trees or something. Like Go door to door to some small businesses. They'd love to support a good local sports team. Yeah. And you also you live in this rich district. Was there no like what why couldn't Nikki's dad fork like you yeah. go to go sidestep Nikki and just go to her dad and be like, Hey, Mr. Absentee guy, the whole yeah. team wants to go because you know he's a booster. You know he's been giving money to the school. He's never yeah. there for any of the stuff, but he's given money. No, don't you love though how uh Larry pulls him into the game, that last game? Unexplained. Yeah, he's and, just well, pulling Larry's, Nikki's yeah, dad in, and, and you're just like, "Where? How did you find him?" <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Hey, you're gonna fucking love this. We're gonna talk to some scouts after the game. We're gonna get our kids scholarships." But it and was so weird. And then Nikki's dad is like, "I don't. She doesn't need a scholarship. I'm rich." Yeah, and then I also loved how Galen, when they were playing in the scummy apartment complex, it just so happens to have a basketball hoop near Nikki, uh, Heather, and Heidi's apartment. Um, that Galen lives there. And uh, and he's just like, you're a shooter, and you're a passer, and you're a this. And everybody's just like, oh, okay, we're just going to take Galen's word for it. Galen the mansplainer. Galen's Galen the, the only mansplainer. one who knows basketball in the whole movie. Yeah, he's the only one that knows teamwork and basketball. Because he he's the popular boy. Yeah, fuck Galen. I'm out yeah. on Galen. I'm out on Galen, too. And I, you know what? Fuck Galen. That's fuck, what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think tagline of this podcast, fuck Galen. Sarah, <laughs> I'm going to ask you the toughest question. How would okay. you improve this movie? Okay. Well, I would probably add a little bit more drama and make the season a little bit more um, understandable because, like you said, they had that scrimmage game and then they had that tournament, which they got second place in, but then they're not like, I don't know. And then there was that final game. And then for what? What are they working towards? What is the basketball game working towards? I would just add more conflict, I guess. Give me a playoffs montage. Yes. Give me a playoffs montage. Give me anything that would make me interested and give a shit about their basketball career. Like... Give me watch watch ha, have me watch Heather be super sad playing volleyball because she doesn't actually like it as much as she likes basketball. Mm-hmm. 
Give I me agree. Heidi trying to quit basketball because she doesn't care about it and, you know, whatever. But instead, she's just like, well, dad signed me up, so I guess I'm just playing it now. I'm like, if my dad signed me up and I didn't want to do it, I would be the biggest dick in the world. I would not be participating. I'd be horrible. Yeah, I know this is decom, so it's different than a normal sports movie. But the best sports movies make you care about the characters in some yeah. way, about their successes on or off the field. Just something that you feel when they do something in their sport. And this movie doesn't do that. Like even in Brink, which is I put as a, as a Hall of Fame decom movie, like you you want them to win. You want them yeah. to succeed. You, you, you feel that. This one you don't. And it, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, and like I feel like they should have explained the because at the end of the movie for uh, at the end of both watches of this movie for me, uh, I didn't understand why Heather was so upset with Heidi for doing well, and especially that she shot the last shots, the free throw shots, and then she kind of was the one that was you know there to like run out, run down the clock, and that one and that one end game where the dad was all mad and he's like, why aren't you putting Heather in there? She's mm-hmm. the hot hand, you know, whatever. And I just thought if I was Heather, I would be so happy that I wasn't treated like somebody who just was there to run down the clock. You know what I mean? Like the free, it's not, you don't need to make a free throw. That doesn't do anything for you. So she, Heather should be resting and it's okay that Heidi is shooting the free throw and then grabbing it and holding it above people's head. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't, I didn't understand why Heather was so upset. And then she's like, well, Heidi's the better play. I didn't get the competitiveness between the two of them. I absolutely understood the internal struggle and the anxiety monster that was Heather. She truly, I mean, it was painful. I just felt for her the whole movie. Um, she was working out in the beginning and she's always like, well, I'm the better sister. And you know, they could have just done a better job making you give a shit. Yeah. That's yeah. Although did you love how they are twins that there's so much twins that they even ride a tandem bicycle together? Yeah. At what point do normal twins stop riding a tandem bicycle? Do they even do that? I feel like at age four, when it has training wheels, like if I I have a six year old, if I would have had two six year olds, I'd be I'd be insane. But I'd yeah. also would have probably gotten them like a tandem tandem bicycle because like that seems like something cute for like a four to five year old to do, but that doesn't mm-hmm. seem cute for fifteen year old girls to do. No, because I feel like I would not want to ride the same bike that my sister was on. Especially like around the people at your new school who you're trying to make a good impression on and you're Mm -hmm. trying not to, you're already sensitive to people staring at you because of your height and because there's two of you Mm -hmm. and now you're riding a tandem bike. Like the only thing that would have been worse is if they had were dressing alike, which I'm glad they didn't give them that, that kind of thing going on. But they did have that at the beginning where they needed to change outfits. Oh, that's true. That's true. But they they didn't purposely. Yeah. They didn't purposely do that for the rest of the movie, but I thought that they would somehow use Heidi as like a like a Heather decoy where like, you know, that they would think it was Heather or, you know, I think it was Heidi. Like they would like use each other and like trick people. Is that Heather? Or is that Heidi? Like there was never any confusion. No twin hijinks. Yeah, no twin hijinks, which is what I wanted. I wanted to see some hijinks. Yeah, if you have twins, you're expected two to three hijinks. Yeah. When you see them, you're you're the Olsen twins set such a bar and that you you expect hijinks when tw- twins are on screen. And we did yes. get that. We got zero hijinks and we got no drama. I didn't give a shit. I wanted to give a shit about I did feel sad when Heidi was just signed up for basketball. I was like, well, that's not cool. Um, but I, that was the only thing I really felt about everything. I didn't care that Heather's ankle was rolled I did. I just didn't care. Yeah, the movie didn't give us a lot, but it did give us enough to talk about for almost an hour. Sarah, thank you so much for oh, joining me welcome. on this podcast. Please tell the folks again where they can find your books and where they can find you on social media. You can find Small Potatoes uh, on Amazon. Those are both of my books. And then please uh, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Sarah H is funny. S A R A H. H is funny. And also, should you be so inclined to listen to Small Town Murder or Crime and Sports, please do that as well. 
And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports and you're enjoying DCOM December, you know the drill. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, leave a review. Have episodes every Monday. Next Monday, we are doing Johnny Tsunami with my buddy Will DeFreeze from the Circling Back Podcast. And you can catch us on Monday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.